Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Yo. Uh. Yo. Uh. Aubrey Edwards, Tony Schiavone, we about to party. We about to party. Unrestricted. Got the house now. We gonna turn it up, up. Bring the house down. Got that big space pump and make them bounce now. Flossing like they bossing and the freaks are coming out now. Welcome everyone to AEW Unrestricted. We are the official podcast of All Elite Wrestling. Tony Schiavone and Aubrey Edwards, your hosts. Hey, Aubrey. Hi, Tony. How are you? I'm okay. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. You were a little ornery before the uh, podcast started recording, so oh really? Maybe you should get your shit together. Okay, yeah, just a tiny bit. You're kind of a legend, so I'll let it slide. Speaking of getting their shit together, we have Sanjay Dutt with us. <laughs> you know what, Tony? You might want to watch your mouth. Okay, okay? this is uh, this is edited now. Okay. Well, okay. Little little inside baseball here. <laughs> At least I was not at Costco and forgot that I had a podcast today. Now I know exactly <laughs> who to call after this and cut a promo on. Oh. The Taskmaster. Uh, somebody might get that. Some of you guys might get that. But uh, wow. Uh, how about that? Oh, my goodness. Uh, all right. Let's just focus on the interview here, Tony. Okay? We don't need all of these extra shenanigans. Here. Let's get down to the brass tacks. Okay? Wow. Yeah. I don't <laughs> want you to throw a pencil at me. <laughs> oh, boy. Let me see. Yeah. Wow. That one. There we go. <laughs> Uh, Sanjay is producer, manager, coach, wrestler, superhero, and Jay Lethal's best friend forever. That's right. Also one of the most valuable <laughs> members of AEW. Sanjay, uh, first question is, how did you come to sign with AEW as a producer? Whew. All right, let's see. I don't want to bore everybody with all the details and a long story, but let's just put it like this. My previous uh, employer where I worked previously, I... Kind of didn't see uh, Sanjay Dutt fitting in with the future in that company. Right. So I um, made the moves that I needed to make to kind of uh, feel fulfilled professionally once again. And, you know, everything kind of uh, happens for a reason and everything kind of worked out. So coincidentally, uh, next week will be one year since I joined AEW. And uh, yeah. At the beginning, when you know, when you quit a job, it's a bit, you know, taxing, uh, you know, mentally trying to figure out did I make the right decision? I've got a wife, I've got two kids, but I will say this: every single day in the past year since I've been in AEW, I realize that I made the uh, right decision. Absolutely. Anytime like someone new came in during the pandemic, it was like, oh, who's this guy? Who's this guy? And then yeah. you walk in there with a suit, you motherfucker. And I'm like, <laughs> this guy's clearly from another company because he didn't get the memo that we don't do that shit here. Uh, it's like half the roster's walking in in workout gear yep. and they look like they just rolled out of bed and you're like well put together. Out- outside of like a couple days at-, at dark in Orlando, you're rocking the suit every day. So I personally need to know what's the reasoning behind this. Okay. So let's see uh, where I worked for uh, before there was a dress code and I was never a suit guy. And when I learned there was a dress code, I said, well, 
everything that my father kind of told me growing up, he instilled in me that, you know, you got to look the part, you got to look like a professional for people to take you seriously. And it never really stuck until in my mid mid thirties when, when I got this job and I said, okay, now I understand what he's saying, saying all these years, like this is why he was saying it. And it, it just kind of stuck with me. I became like a suit guy and I started buying suits and, you know, it, it, it's weekly television and, and, you know, there's a dress code and I, I just kind of dove in, I fell in love with it. And, and then when I came here and I realized, you know, it wasn't necessary, I figured, well, I got a closet full of suits. They're not collecting dust. I'm going to come to work. Hopefully people take me seriously. It's my first day here and, you know, I'm going to look the part and, and hopefully I'm going to deliver. So that, that that's kind of the, the short end of uh, me with suits. Yes. I say uh, thumbs up to that, brother. I'm, I'm behind you. I, I appreciate you wearing the suits. I really, really do. I appreciate that. Yes. Okay. So the next question uh, was written by a producer, Stacy, and I, I smile when I ask this question. You ready? Sure. Yeah. Can, can you walk us through a typical day in the life of a <laughs> wrestling producer? <laughs> well, Tony, I think you can attest to this is that no, no two days are the same. No. Oh, yeah. You don't know what is going to hit you. So stuff will happen during the week and then it'll, it'll kind of, you know, spill into, you know, TV days, Wednesdays and Tuesdays. And uh, man, that, that's a tough one. Well, I'll get to TV and you start right away. Yeah. Maybe I get one meal in on a TV day, which is good. If I get one meal in, I'm good, but I'm rocking and rolling. There's a lot of stuff that needs to be done, producing backstage segments, uh, matches, uh, helping out Tony with whatever he may need. So I, I guess I wear a lot of hats. So so it's very hard to kind of define my day. Yeah. It's difficult to explain backstage. I uh, jokingly always say, well, we just light our hair on fire and run around <laughs> until TV starts. That's almost accurate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's it's very difficult to define it because uh, you know you and I work very closely together, and uh, yes, and so that's why I smiled when I was thinking about a typical day in the life because it it is really the, nuts. The, the, there's no typical. <laughs> uh, it, it's very atypical. So yeah, right. Hey, we're we're there for for whatever comes our way every Wednesday. You know. Yeah. The thing that Sanjay failed to mention was the part of the job where he's producing a match. He gets on the headset, mm-hmm. and then he starts getting kind of excited mm. and in his terms air quotes yelling at the ref yeah. like just really trying to like get some shit across and then i get to the back and the first thing is like i'm so sorry i was yelling i'm like bro if that was yelling like we we gotta talk <laughs> well y- you know i've been a producer on a headset you know coaching matches producing matches for five years five plus years now and i hate when you know, some producers and coaches will just get on the mic or get on the headset and kind of yell and scream at the ref because I know that nothing is your fault as a ref. You are just nothing. relaying. You are the messenger. I just want to make it clear any time that I do raise my voice on headset that I mean no ill will to any of you referees. You guys are None. fucking rock stars. You, you guys, we couldn't do any of this without you guys. And I just want to make it clear. Look, I'm sorry if I if I yelled because that earpiece is real tight in your ear and I don't want to burst an eardrum. So my apologies uh, from here to for perpetuity, Aubrey. Oh, no, no, no. So, like, TK yells, like, twice as loud as you do. And then his excuse is always, I'm just really excited. I'm just really excited. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm excited, but but a lot of times it, it, it is frustration where, you know, I'm relaying a message and, and it's just not connected. Totally. I, I don't want to ever take it out on you, you, you refs. Absolutely not. 
Never. You're one of my favorite people to work oh, with. Thank you, Aubrey. Because you have such a great mind for storytelling, making sure we hit all of the parts. And I don't know if it's necessarily just because you've had so many roles in your career, manager, producer, wrestler. So like anytime we're working like a Jade match, for instance, she's got a manager, yep. a lawyer, yep. baddies, and you're somehow making sure that all of these things are working seamlessly together. And it's super awesome. Yeah, thank you. Uh, you know, I, I love I, that's my pro wrestling, you know, smoke and mirrors and managers and run ins and this and that. And, you know, that that's a pro wrestling that I love to produce. Uh, it's exciting. It's good TV to me. I try to incorporate everybody that's out there. You know, you have singles matches and you have tag matches. But, you know, like these other characters that you're talking about that are ringside, you know, to me, the more bodies that are out there, the more fun this is going to be. And let's see how everybody can be utilized to the best of their abilities to, to create the best segment possible. We're talking with Sanjay Dutt here on AEW Unrestricted. We're talking about his roles as producer and coach backstage here on AEW. You also, uh, at Supercard of Honor, became a manager. How did that all uh, happen? Wow. Okay. So I would say that was the kind of the, and I, and I remember the date, I think it was like April 1st because it was a week before my birthday. And, and, and a week prior to that, Tony Khan came up to me and he had this idea. Uh, I guess it's no secret to him and a lot of people backstage that, that Jay Lethal, you know, he, he and I are best friends. We've been best friends for 20 years. And, and when I say best friends, I mean, you know, he is Thanksgivings, uh, you know, Christmas, vacations he's family so you know he comes up to me tony and says hey man i got this idea i want to try to link you and jay lethal on television and then he drops the sutton bomb and, and since i stopped wrestling i was very adamant that you know my future was not in front of the camera right i kind of refused those roles in previous companies where i was very fulfilled and i still am i'm, I'm very fulfilled with what i do backstage in cultivating talent new talent and helping them out and kind of showing them the ropes that is where i truly feel like I, I have excelled in the last five plus years. So when he came to me with this idea, I was kind of hesitant, but when he dropped, Hey, you're going to work with Jay on camera. It was a quick, yes. You know, it, you know, being on camera and working so closely with my best friend. I mean, I can't, it, I can't write a better story. It, it is uh, truly like a dream come true to be out there with, with Jay and Suttonham now has joined us. It is a pleasure to work with him and teach him the ropes. We both obviously, you know, Sutton speaks very good English, but mm -hmm. I, I speak the same language as him, Punjabi, we speak Hindi. So I try to let him know that, you know, uh, you're, you're far away from home, but, you know, when we're hanging out, man, it should feel like home. So I'm having a great time kind of teaching him. Me and, me and, me and Jay have taken a, a hands-on approach with Sutton. We're loving kind of what, what the results have been so far, especially with his in-ring debut a few weeks ago on Rampage. I mean, he, he killed it. He really did. So we had Jay on the podcast. He told a fun story about how you two guys met. I'm curious what your version of that story is. So I didn't hear that version, but my wife related to me. Ah. So my wife says, she told me the whole story and, and I'll say this much. I don't want to say that he's wrong, but he's wrong. Okay. Um, <laughs> so we met, I think two years prior to that, we were kind of good buddies already going into that, but everything else that he said was true. I, I, um, uh, there was a fan that kind of, uh, got under my skin and I said some stuff I, I shouldn't have said, but I, Hey, wow. I'm going to chalk it up to uh, being young and dumb. I was like 21. So, okay. Uh, let's move on. Aubrey. <laughs> okay. Here we go. I love these. Uh, I love these questions. There's a real art to being a wrestling manager. Yes. How do you approach it? And what do you bring to the role? Can I answer that? Please? Because I know exactly what you're going to say, Shivani. Give it to him. Fucking insanity. I, I, I watched a, a version of Rampage before it airs, 
Yes. And I, I will take videos of that and send it to you. And I say, you are out of your fucking mind. Yes. I mean, it's just, whoa. <laughs> just like, settle down, fella. Well, well, Tony, I don't need to explain it to you. You've been, you've seen them all. You work with them all. Right. Pro wrestling is uh, over the top. I was kind of explaining this to, to Jay a couple weeks ago when we were talking. I said, you know, the way I see this this act is you are the workhorse. You, you are truly one of the greatest wrestlers that ever lived. You know, excuse my bias, but he, but Jay is just a phenomenal mind. He is our workhorse. He is yes. everything yes. that we need in this group. Then you have Suttonham, who is this giant that we are cultivating, uh, not just here domestically, but internationally into becoming a star that we all know that he will become. And then I am the uh, the hype man. I feel like I am kind of the link that makes Lethal and Suttonham come together. Uh, I feel like without me, I, I'm not sure what that connection is, but I'm there in the middle to bring these two together, and, and I've got to be that hype man and be over the top. That's entertainment, Shivani, okay? That's pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. And that is 100% pro wrestling. So that's kind of what my, what I'm inspired by is the, uh, the Heenans of the world, you know? Um, yeah, right. That's right. something you will never forget. And they add so much to the dynamic, not just ringside during the match, but all the other angles and personalities that kind of intertwine with me. And, and he would be bumped out by this guy and this guy. So all of that excitement is what I feel like I, I want this act to be on television. It, it entertains me, I'll tell you that. We are talking with Sanjay Dutt, and we'll continue here on, uh, on AEW Unrestricted. we got a lot to talk about, including his early days in wrestling. This is AEW Unrestricted, the official podcast of All Elite Wrestling. Tony and Aubrey talking to Sanjay Dutt, who just wears a billion hats backstage. Every, I think everyone wears like at least 12, and then you yeah. somehow in a year have acquired at least twice as many as that. So congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> Quite a feat. Before we get into sort of more of your wrestling background, I really need to know how many pencils do you go through in a particular day? Hold on one second. Sure. So I've got a bag here of property of Sanjay Dutt pencils that was a gift from a good buddy of mine, a former, not a former, a, a another professional wrestler. He sent me this gift. He knows exactly who he is, so I want to thank him for that. But I will go through, oh, a pencil every two weeks. Do you ever give those pencils out at like meet and greets? <laughs> now that I've got my own personal pencils i'll just bring these mm. <laughs> most expensive pencils out in the market you can sell that shit man make some money yes <laughs> i stuck a mechanical pencil in my ear this past week oh gosh embarrassing Giovanni. was walking around with it. <laughs> and right before we were about to shoot it backstage <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> just so you re- would react to it and it was mechanical gimmick infringement is what i call that that's why i made it mechanical so i could start my own <laughs> You always got to have a good pencil. Yeah, man. You started wrestling in, in 03 with MLW. Why, why did you want to become a wrestler, and how did you find out about MLW? Let's see. Okay, so my dad – so I live in Northern Virginia, uh, the D.C. metropolitan area. He moved to D.C. in 79, and the first thing that he saw on television was professional wrestling. So Nice. Uh, yeah, in D.C., I mean, he got all the syndicated stuff at that time, world-class, mid-Atlantic, Georgia, you, you name it. He he recorded it all in VHS. So as far back as I can remember, television was always blaring professional wrestling. And I fell in love with it. I turned 18. I was in high school. I went to get trained. Uh, September of 2000 was my first match. 
22 years now that, that I've been in it. Court Bauer in MLW, two years into my career, uh, it was a very pivotal step where he had national TV clearance on the Sunshine Network. Right. The people, so some people in TNA wrestling at the time were looking for new exhibition wrestlers and wrestling is all about timing and the right time in the right place. And that kind of kicked off a lot of stuff for me. So I, I'll always, and every, anytime me and court talk, I, I always shout him a thank you for kind of flying me in at the time when uh, not many people were flying me in and, and, and paying me a good rate and put me in there with some um, awesome, awesome talent. Jimmy Yang uh, was my first match in MLW and kind of catapulted me to so, some really cool things. So you kind of mentioned a little bit, you end up at impact TNA wrestling at the time. And bringing it back to your best friend forever, do you have a favorite match you have with Jay Lethal? Man, it did. When we when we were feuding in TNA, uh, you know, it was literally every house show Jay versus Sanjay, every TV some iteration of Jay versus Sanjay, every pay per view Jay versus Sanjay. So, man, we had a lot, but but I think I guess we we had a we had a cool ladder match that was like the blow off to this big feud, and I, and I kind of vividly remember that being. I think it was in like. Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Crowd was awesome, and, and everything kind of clicked. It was a good uh, culmination to a really wacky feud. Samoa Joe's Impact debut was against you at Slammiversary. What do you remember about that match? Coincidentally enough, uh, Slammiversary was just this uh, about a week ago. I don't want to date us, uh, but you know, twenty years now. TNA wrestling. So, mm-hmm. oh yeah. Yeah, they had the anniversary episode. It yes. was crazy. Happy anniversary to those guys. Thank you for everything that you know that company kind of did for me. But I knew Joe before his first match uh, at, at TNA back at Slammiversary 2005. We were friends. So I was looking forward to kind of working with him. I knew what the role was, and I knew what the long-term kind of vision for Joe was. And, and I was kind of honored that I was picked to be that guy that kicked off uh, Samoa Joe in, in an incredible run at TNA Wrestling. That was not the only time that we wrestled. We we, we had a lot of other matches uh, after that, even in other places. And then that Super Card of Honor in April, he he choked me out. That son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. Oh, love it. I mean, I don't love it. I'm very sorry. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> it's because Tony's an asshole. <laughs> All right, 2017, you defeated Loki for the X Division Championship during a broadcast in Mumbai, India. So, like you had mentioned, that's that's kind of where your dad had come from. Like, what yeah. does that moment mean to you? So, a lot, lot of cool moments in my career, but that that, that definitely ranks up there. Um, everything kind of connected. You know, I had come back to uh, Impact Wrestling, you know, maybe six months prior to that. At that point, I, I had joined the the creative team. I, I joined Talent Relations. So, I, I just like I was wearing, I'm wearing many hats here. I was doing the same thing at Impact, and you know, things kind of clicked where we thought, okay, well, we're going to India. And Sanjay, you've wrestled here since almost day one, and you've never won this title. That's a cool story. And, and we built it up for a few months, and, and it culminated to me going to where my family is from, where my roots are from in India, and, and defeating Loki, who um, he and I have a very storied history as well. So I, I think that he uh, fit the, per- he was like the perfect guy to be in that role. Everything kind of clicked, man. It, I remember being in the hotel in, in, in Mumbai and, and Right after that match, we we were actually heading to the airport a few hours later, and you know, just a flood of emotions. You know, it, it was definitely, uh, you know, the more you do this, the more jaded you become. And but that was one thing that really stuck out, definitely the top of the list. We all have mentors in pro wrestling. I think we all do if we've spent any uh, time in this. People who helped us out and then ushered us in, and and Jeff Jarrett is one of yours. Yes, talk about that for us. 
Yeah, uh, it just means a lot to me. You know, Jeff hired me in 2003 as a little, you know, I was 21 years old in college and I was wrestling for two years and nobody knew who the hell I am. And he uh, signed me to TNA Wrestling. And then, you know, getting to work with him, at, you know, as a talent for many years, I think he just kind of saw something in me. You know, I, I had turned 30 and I was still wrestling and, you know, he calls me and asks me, you know, have you ever thought about sitting in in the creative room? And I said, well, mm. not until now. And, you know, he, he gave me a chance to kind of sit in on, on creative. First thing we did, we, we shot this pilot for the Speed Network. We, we did uh, Rinka King in, in India, you know, started from scratch and wrote this uh, show, this concept. And then uh, I learned everything that I do now backstage. Um, he's the reason that, that I am as knowledgeable as I am. Uh, he's definitely been a mentor for so many years. I actually texted him uh, the other day. Mm. Me and him have a, have a, still have a great relationship. But I remember when I got my job at WWE, um, his first day was my first day. But he totally, he didn't tell me that his first day was my first. And I'm texting him like, hey, thank you for everything you've done for me, Jeff. I'm here because you, which is all true, you know? And then I walk into the production meeting and there he's sitting. I said, you son of a bitch, dude. We were texting yesterday. You couldn't tell me that you were starting to, man. So yeah, Jeff is uh, definitely one of the guys um, at the top of the list. There's many others. I don't want to put over this son of a bitch too much, but but Kevin Sullivan, who, who's uh, ahead of our post-production team here. He's great. Yes, he is. Uh, he, I've learned a lot from him. Um, I still do to this day. Yeah, there's a lot of people. I think you can't get through professional wrestling or any kind of industry, especially entertainment, without having those kind of figures in your life. So you mentioned first time you're in a creative meeting, 30. I know you just turned 40. How how did the the swap from wrestler full time into the backstage role? Like, when did that happen? So yeah, I was 30, and and we had started Rinka King, and you know, then is when I started to kind of format television script television time television layout storylines uh, you know uh, in a weekly episodic manner and uh, you know i learned all that stuff and then five years later i was 35 and I, I got hurt at the time i was already working in the office at impact wrestling and when i got hurt and i came back from injury i kind of looked at the the landscape and i looked at the, the big picture of my life my wife and my children uh, are first and foremost to everything and you know getting hurt and certain my first surgery after 20 some years wrestling i just figured i'm already working in a backstage capacity uh, instead of just splitting my time let me put all my eggs here in backstage capacity and, and let's see how far this thing goes because uh, you know I, I was i'm a i'm a very realist i've been a realist my mm-hmm. my entire career where I see that the big picture is me working backstage, learning everything there is to learn and making myself valuable for as long as possible because my, my body may fail me, but I hope my brain won't fail me. So that was kind of my, my thought process in, in transferring 100% into a back, backstage capacity plus TV days to do everything that I was doing and then, you know, trying to put together a match and, and excel in the ring physically with a generation that had already upped me uh, w- w- was tough. So I-, I feel I made the right decision. <laughs> Working with New Japan Pro Wrestling, your thoughts on that and uh, what it has done to the pro wrestling scene uh, on a national level? I'm no uh, stranger to the Japanese professional wrestling scene. I-, I spent about a year and a half of my career touring Japan in-, in various different companies. I never got to work with New Japan. So getting to do that now, you know, I've had a lot of acquaintances. I, I wrestled a lot of the New Japan guys over the years, but to work with them in this capacity, to me, is a career highlight. Getting to showcase that style of wrestling to 
uh, the masses is really cool and showing not just uh, how different their style is, but, you know, at the same time, how similar it is to uh, a lot of what our wrestlers bring to the table. I, I feel like it's really kind of opened people's eyes in, in looking at professional wrestling in a different capacity. You know, some of the dream matches that, uh, you know, you never thought you could get. I think that kind of chalks up a, a big success to not just AEW, but New Japan Pro Wrestling as well. I think for us, or a lot of us, it's sort of like a bucket list item. Absolutely. Every time you have the chance to work with another major company, you get to work with new talent, you get to work with new producers, new formats, and just kind of like learn and grow from all of that. So I like that you kind of see it that way too. It's great. Yes. We're talking to Sanjay Dutt here on AEW Unrestricted. Coming up, we've got some more stories and some fan questions for our wonderful, wonderful guest today. AEW Unrestricted continues with Sanjay Dutt. All right, you celebrated your 40th birthday recently. Mm. Happy birthday. You went to a taping of the price. When did the taping of a price, the price is right? <laughs> uh, so, coincidentally, my, my wife and I, we have the same birthday. Oh, wow. Crazy what? enough. Yeah, yeah. We, we've been together 20 years uh, since we were teenagers, and we had the same birthday, and we're uh, two years apart. She was turning 38. I was turning 40. She she thought, man, I, you know, 40. Screw my 30th. This is his 40th. We're, we're going to do something cool and special. And, you know, I live right outside D.C. The MGM uh, opened up recently and the Price is Right was there. And I had uh, quite a few drinks as I walked into the Price is Right live taping and didn't win anything, though. Didn't win anything. A lot of fun, though. A lot of fun. Come on down. Right. <laughs> I feel like if you're going to Prices Right for your 40th birthday, you're just kind of accepting you're an old person. And I really respect that. It's funny you say that because as we sat down, I looked around and, and I looked at my wife. I said, wow, there's nothing but old people here. And then us. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Nothing wrong with old people, guys. Nothing wrong with old people. We had we had a blast. It was a lot of fun. You're, you're seasoned and knowledgeable and wise. Yes. And <laughs> yes. Seasoned is the word I start to use more often. So that once I, I reach your old as dirt age for both of you. You got you've got some time over. You've got some time. I got some time. I'm not that far off. Botox is wonderful. Anyway, uh Sanjay, you recently inducted Ruckus into the Indie Wrestling Hall of Fame in yes. the inaugural class, which was super great. Talk about your relationship with him and what it meant to induct him. When the idea was presented, I immediately wanted to say no. I haven't done any outside appearances really since I kind of stopped wrestling and, and, and I, I like to keep it that way. I like to have my time at home when, you know, Brett Lauderdale, uh, you know, he runs GCW, he called me and he said, Hey man, you're going to do this for ruckus. And, uh, to me, ruckus is Claude Merrill. I mean, I've known him as Claude since we were in high school and we were backyard wrestlers. You know, I was really, I was really excited for Claude. I felt like there's a lot of guys that, that helped change the game stylistically in the ring. And he was one of them in the early two thousands. And he was one of the guys that I kind of, he inspired me. We, we were backyard wrestling friends and he went on to become a professional wrestler before I did. And I kind of wanted to be just like him. And, uh, you know, this moment came up and I couldn't say no, got to induct him in the hall of fame. Uh, what a night. CM Punk was there. Chris Hero was there. Dave Prezak, Jerry Lynn, Homicide. I mean, I know I'm probably forgetting some, but it was a uh, star-studded night. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was It was awesome. It was streamed live on Fight TV. Um, uh, hopefully, it's a, hopefully, it's a yearly thing. It's hopefully it's an annual thing that they start doing now. We're talking with Sanjay Dudd, who is, uh, was two-time Combat Zone World Junior Heavyweight Champion, and you were inducted into their Hall of Fame in 2019. What did that mean to you? It meant a lot. 
being an independent professional wrestler, it's all about, you know, getting that big break, letting people know that, hey, you're a little different than everything else and people should pay attention to you. And, and I got that through Combat Zone Wrestling, through CZW in the early 2000s. It was uh, one of those big independent promotions that uh, at the time tapes, VHS tapes, you know, you, you traded tapes and uh, you always wanted to see what crazy stunt happened on the on the new CZW show. And I, and I kind of took advantage of their audience and you know their hype to showcase my skills and my abilities and you know it, it was a big uh platform for me at the time in my career so you know fast forward all these years to be inducted into the hall of fame um meant a lot john zandy who, who who ran cdw for many many years uh he, he did a lot for me and he did a lot for um a lot of the guys that came through cdw uh so it was, it was definitely a very special night I feel like we need to start a segment on this podcast for worst plane story that someone has from all the traveling stuff. I don't know if you heard Tony Storm's story about the dude pissing in a cup next to her, but you should ask her about it. It's pretty great. I mean, I I haven't had anybody pee in a cup next to me, but I, are you going? Do you know about my story? Do you want me to jump into this? You you were trapped on a United plane for twenty hours. Yes. In twenty nineteen, so like, please tell us the story. Okay, so twenty nineteen, I was on my way to Hong Kong. For an event and uh dc newark newark hong kong uh we leave newark and three hours into the flight there's a medical emergency and we've got to land uh the closest runway was goose bay newfoundland uh, uh canada which is like the north pole it's an army base so it's not an airport uh so we land and it is negative 27 degrees outside Jesus. the handle snaps to one of the doors and now you need to bring in maintenance but since we're not at an airport, there is no maintenance. So you call the local maintenance people from at their home. And this is late at night. And uh, they all make their way to the plane and they can't fix it. Oh and God. now we can't get off because there are no customs to process everybody. Now that we're in another country, we're at an army base. We're not at an airport. There are no customs. So we cannot physically leave this plane. <laughs> so uh, we were stuck on the plane. It started to get cold. I thankfully had great service. So I decided to kind of live tweet my my experience. <laughs> yeah. And it kind of took off where I had news channels starting to call me. Um, I was on CNN with Anderson Cooper. There was a week after this whole incident happened and Lester Holt of NBC News, they, their producer reached out to me and they were like, hey, can we come to your house? And I said, you know what, guys, I'm done with this at this point. Okay. And then my wife got mad. She wanted to meet Lester Holt. But yeah, it, it was it was one hell hell of an experience. So as this is happening, I'm realizing that I'm not going to make it to Hong Kong. So I'm in touch with the promoter. Uh, and then we got my my good friend, our good friend, Colt Cabana, a last minute booking in Hong Kong to take my place. So all's well that ends well. And again, the only reason I took that booking is because I was going to hang out with Jay. Jay and I were both booked. And we said, OK, we're going to go to Hong Kong. We were staying at a casino. Uh, he loves casinos. I thought this is going to be great. And I was stranded in negative 27 degrees weather. For point out. <laughs> so it's Jay Lethal's fault uh, that that happened. If, if you, you could think say about that. It. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. So 20 hours, uh, were people getting upset? So everybody asks me that. And, 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 I, and I say the same thing. Uh, no. And I'll explain why. The most of the plane, the majority of the plane was Hong Kong and Chinese nationals that were going back home for their new year. So 
they have uh, different, uh, much different personalities than Americans. Uh, I feel like they can control their temper and uh, <laughs> they can control their temper just a little better yes. than, than, than us Americans. So uh, there was no, no brouhaha's, no uh, arguing, no fighting. Wow. I did tweet, uh, hey, we're running out of food. And then uh, <laughs> an hour later, a representative from the local Tim Hortons came with coffee and donuts. So we had some food at least. Because they ran out of food. Wow. The first class meals were kind of being dispersed among, and, you know, there's kids and there's, you know, moms and yeah, I don't need anything, dude. I got protein bars in my bag, you know, give it to mom. So, uh, and then, and then Tim Hortons came to save the day. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> one hell of an experience. Yeah. Tim Hortons was already one of my favorites and now they just earned even more respect in my eyes because they're there helping, you go. helping people stuck on a plane. So, yes. oh my God. Yes. <laughs> so you, did you just get off the plane, hop on a new one and just head back to Newark? Yeah. So, so they had to send a rescue plane from Newark to come oh and God. we had to get off of the mechanical plane that it was busted the one we were in we had to get on the rescue plane and fly back to newark and when we fly back to newark they're like hey let's process you to hong kong i said i'm not going to hong kong guys i'm going back home so let's do this and get back home so i got back home i i have pretty high status with united airlines and, and they took good care of me so shout out to united airlines i don't want to disparage them in any way i hate them they lose my bag every time i fly oh, them, so i would disparage them i'm sorry yeah that's all you aubrey all right, uh, got a couple of fan questions here. This is from at Dr. Scott Kelly on Twitter. Uh, what is the key to not dropping that pencil off the ear when you're on camera and performing? Ooh. I guess I can't let all my secrets out here, so I'll keep that one close to the vest. Okay, you got it. Next question, please. Best settle. <laughs> Which wrestling managers, if any, have inspired you, and do you take inspiration from any characters in pop culture? Oof. I, I don't think I take any inspiration other than, you know, the Bobby Heenans uh, of the world that we kind of grew up watching. The, those managers and, and not just managers, but those personalities, those larger than life personalities that kind of came through the screen and you just never forgot every little thing that they did, you know, and they enhanced so much of what was going on in the ring and the person that they were linked to. Um, that's kind of just been my main inspiration as far as pop culture goes. I don't think much of pop culture influences me, but but I, I, I like to think that I'm always uh, on top of my pop culture. So, which I feel is very important to be in in, an enter in the entertainment industry is to definitely know what's going on out there. At Nat R B L X, that's at Nat R B L X. Wants to know what is your favorite suit that you like to wear when you are working? Uh, mm. And actually, I, I need to say for me, it's the baby blue suit. With the white shoes, but go ahead. Thank you very much. I that that got a lot of compliments. Uh, that was that Should've. was definitely a winner. Yeah, I, I don't think I have a favorite suit, but but I will say this: uh, I was shout out to my wife, who at, at the beginning of my suit wearing would uh, need to kind of develop my ensembles. And as the years have gone mm. by, I think I've I've got a knack for uh, putting all my uh, suits together and ties and shirts and whatnot. But I, I wish there was a suit. And there are that, that uh, give me a little more room to kind of annoy Tony on camera when I'm mm. running around and getting in the camera's face and stuff. But that, that okay. <laughs> annoy is not the word. Entertained is the right word. There you go. There you go. Yeah. There you go. There you As go. we like to say, big pop. Hell yeah. Big pop. Every time I say it. All right. All right. Last question on the topic of suits. Yes. So you're you're clearly the best dressed person backstage. And then we hire Pat Buck. 
Yes. <laughs> is there a competitive atmosphere? Is there like a, hey, dude, what suit you wearing this week so we can make sure we don't match? Like, no. what's the relationship between the suit wearing gentleman here? So he is definitely, uh, he trumps me when it comes to loving suits. It's funny you mention that because uh, we both work at uh, another company together before we uh, both ended up here. And I remember uh, when we worked there, everybody would come up to us and say, man, you guys are the best dressed guys. So I'll give him the nod. He definitely loves suits and and putting his outfits together way more than I do. Mm. I'm going to say he's better at it. Okay, I'm going to give him all the props here, but there's no rivalry. But it was comforting to see him walk in the door and have a suit. And I said, okay, great. Cody's gone. So at least now there's somebody else here wearing a suit with me. <laughs> and it caused me to get dressed earlier. Yes. See? I go in, go right to the wardrobe box and put on my tie and shirt. And yeah. Hopefully we start rubbing off on everybody. You had a profound impact on us. You really have. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, let's, let's uh, throw one out, uh, one question out. Final question of sure. the day. It comes from at Grim Reaper, Grimace Reaper 06. Okay. And I think we know the answer to this, but how likely is that you will return to the ring again? Unlikely. There will be zero chance that I will be returning to the ring. Let, let's put it like this. If I was fixed physically, if my body, um, was a hundred percent, that would be something I would consider. But until that happens, there's no way I'm getting to do it anymore. Yeah. Understand. I feel like I feel like you stay busy otherwise, so that's not necessarily something that you need to do. Absolutely. I think that's one hat that I uh, don't need to put on. Yep, you're more valuable somewhere else, and that is backstage. <clears throat> thanks, buddy. Good talking to you as always. Much appreciated. Aubrey, Tony, thanks again for, uh, you know, all this time that you guys have spent with me. I uh, hope it was fun. I hope uh, everybody enjoyed it. So I uh, will see you guys on Wednesdays. Uh, you can follow Sanjay on uh, Twitter at Sanjay Dutterson. That's Sanjay, D-U-T-T-E-R-S-O-N. And you can listen to follow this podcast, Unrestricted, for free, wherever you get your podcast. The video version is available on YouTube. Just search AEW Unrestricted. Aubrey, take it away. You can watch AEW Dynamite on TBS on Wednesday nights at 8 o'clock. You can watch AEW Rampage on TNT Fridays at 10 p.m. And, of course, we got Dark on Tuesdays. we got Elevation on Mondays, both of which are on YouTube. And you may not know it, but a lot of these awesome matches are produced by the amazing Sanjay Dutt. I'm Aubrey Edwards, along with Tony Schiavone. Thank you so much for listening to AEW Unrestricted. Come on, throw your hands up. Let me see you. Unrestricted. Unrestricted.